Good morning, everybody, uneducated economist here. So, I was just reading some articles with um, interviewing uh, Fed official Neil Kash Kashkari. I, I have a hard time saying his last name. Kash Kashkari? Anyway, I'll leave links down in the description for you guys. Very interesting to hear what they have to say. The Federal Reserve talking about inflation and how it is they're dealing with inflation. Now, something that I have said many times... And it was before the Federal Reserve even started to push their monetary policies into a restrictive mode to try and bring down the inflation. They said that they were trying to get help from the supply side of things. And now this is the reason why I feel we had as much inflation as we have is because we had a huge supply chain shock. And now I saw it dramatically in lumber. And now I was following lumber, and I don't think there's anybody out there who was calling out the lumber industry as accurately as I did. And when I came to the table with the idea that there was going to be a very similar reaction to the rest of the economy as we experienced in lumber, I had a lot of people tell me that I was dead wrong, absolutely wrong on it. And now I don't feel that I am, and I feel that my theories are more accurate than pretty much everybody else's out there. And now I don't try to brag that up as being some kind of super genius on this thing. The only thing I'm going from is that I don't really have any skin in the game. Like I don't have investments. I have a day job. I have a house. I would like to buy rental incomes. I'm in a position in which that no matter which direction we go, I'm cool with it. Like I don't care. And I've conditioned myself to be in a position in which I just don't care which direction anything goes. If it goes up, down, or sideways, it doesn't really matter to me. And that's the, that's the position that I have tried very hard to condition myself to be in. I mean, think about that. If you see the housing market, if you are just absolutely desperate for the housing market to go up, then how are you going to conduct your life if you are desperate on that idea? Or if you are banking on the idea, counting on it, that there's going to be a housing market crash, how is it you're going to conduct your life? You're going to wait in anticipation forever, you know, waiting for this thing to happen that may or may not occur. I mean, is that any way that you want to conduct yourself? This is, this is not, this is the way I used to be. I don't want to do that anymore. I just don't behave in such fashions. Up, down, or sideways doesn't really matter to me. And so I think about like where it is that people are feeling the Federal Reserve is looking to condition this economy into. Well, here's something that you should look at when you read the article. Go and look at the, um, I believe it is the first link. I think it's from the New York Times. Look at some of the quotes that are coming from Neil Kashkari. Kashkari, I don't know how to say his name. And some of the things that he says. I mean, you know, one of the things that I brought up was that um, uh, to Peter Schiff was that the Federal Reserve was trying to hurt the um, the employment, right? And he says, no, they're not trying to hurt the jobs market. They're trying to hurt the consumer. They want to slow the consumer down. And I'm thinking, no, it's all about jobs because the Federal Reserve's model is about increasing or decreasing jobs. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. I, I mean, they have a mandate. Low and stable prices of 2% inflation over time, whatever the hell that means, and full employment. That's what the Federal Reserve is mandated to do. So you think about that. When they have inflation running rampant and everybody has a job or there's more jobs out there than, you know, there are people to fill them. Well, then the Federal Reserve has beyond achieved its, you know, its mandate for full employment. And now it has to fix the inflation problem. Well, we don't have a rise in unemployment at this point, but yet we have layoffs occurring like crazy. This is exactly what the Federal Reserve is looking for because they don't have a mandate to deal with the consumer. You see? Like they have a mandate to deal with the labor market, with the employment, to make sure people either have or don't have a job. And what low and stable prices in full employment, what the definition of that is, who knows? I mean, it's up to their arbitrary decisions when they when they make that. So I think about like what it is that the Federal Reserve is doing for their strategies. Well, read that article. They have a toolbox, right? that they use. They have certain conditions in which that they are allowed or their their model allows them to conduct themselves, right? They check off little boxes. Uh, you know, unemployment's here, GP, GDP's here, this is here, this is here. This is all their little indicators. And at the end of this little formula that they have, it tells them what to do. Like they could have a computer program that does it, but they have the FOMC that, tries to put in their opinions and their ideas of what it is that they should be doing as far as lifting of interest rates or how much they should lift them. But the overall idea of what it is that the Federal Reserve does, it's within a model. It's within a working you know, platform of like questions that they have to fill in and then it gives them an answer at the end of it. And so even in their own models, they say that, that it's failed. It failed to bring in the idea of a supply chain breakdown. And that's the reason why their model is failing right now. And it's the reason why I said that they were going to fail. I mean, you think about it. The Federal Reserve said that they wanted help from the supply side. And then they said that they were going to hurt the consumer. Well, if you were a supplier, a manufacturer, a distributor, and you're listening to the Federal Reserve talk about how they're going to hurt the very person that you need in order to succeed at your job, why would you want to invest into that? Does that make any sense at all? Well, the Federal Reserve doesn't have that idea built into their model that if they hurt the consumer, they are actually hurting the supplier, distributor, manufacturers and retailers and everybody else out there when they say that, like they want help from these guys. But then they say the very thing that's going to make you profitable, we're going to go ahead and kill that person. What do you think about that? Right. You want to invest into that system? Oh, you don't, huh? I wonder why we still have inflation going. That doesn't make any sense. We were supposed to get help from you guys. We were supposed to get help from the supply side of things. Well, it wasn't working because it wasn't in their working model. You see where I'm kind of getting at here, guys? This is why I follow the Federal Reserve and their strategies, because they don't have a clue. They don't clue into reality, right? They they conduct their monetary policies by looking in a rearview mirror. They're like, wow, look at everything that's going on here. Maybe we should go this way for a while. Like, they're not looking forward. They're looking in the past. They look at all this stuff, all these charts of what happened. And they're like, well, I guess we should do something about all this stuff, right? That's already occurred. That's the way they do things. And so, you know, when you think about, like, what the Federal Reserve is going to do, 
it's it is so like drawn from things that have already occurred and not what's about to occur that people have like totally lost the idea of what it is that the Federal Reserve is attempting to do with their strategies. Like they cannot grasp a hold of this Federal Reserve strategy at all because it just simply is not intuitive at all in, in any sense of it. Right. Now, I don't like try to be just like very cumbersome in this video as far as trying to be clarifying on how it is that the Federal Reserve is going to conduct themselves. What I guess I'm getting at is that when you listen to the Federal Reserve and you listen to some of the things that they are stating as far as what they expect to come from the future, and then you think about what it is that they are anticipating, a lot of it doesn't make sense because they are stuck within a model that doesn't, that isn't necessarily accurate, but they are going to continue on with it no matter what. So reality is going to be affected by this, this strategy that they have taken on. You know, I mean... You think about it, if you were the Federal Reserve and you're worried about a housing market crash, you were worried about um, sovereign and corporate debt defaults, if you were worried about like massive foreclosures and all this other stuff, that's going to come from a recession, right? So you got, you got to worry about corporate debt defaults, right? You have to worry about foreclosures. You have to worry about... Uh, you know, massive unemployment and stuff like that. People like losing all their jobs. You have all these issues that come up with the recession and then they point at the Federal Reserve and say, you got to do something about this. Okay. So this is where I'm kind of getting at. Janet Yellen says, I don't think we'll ever have another recession in our lifetime. Like a year later, a recession kicks in due to the pandemic, right? Remember, this was a pandemic-induced recession, which was absolute horseshit. There was a recession happening prior to the pandemic. We all knew it. There was plenty of YouTubers out there who were calling it out long beforehand. There was an inverted yield curve that was taking place. The recession was definitely coming. And then the pandemic took over and everybody blamed it on the pandemic. Great. Now the Federal Reserve has something that they can use, something that they didn't have before. They have the unusual and exigent circumstance. And this is very critical for people to understand because it's not a lot that's talked about. I read news articles all the time. Hardly anybody ever talks about the unusual and exigent circumstances that were pre present at the time of the pandemic that gave the Federal Reserve and the Treasury the ability to bail out this nation. Right? Remember, a recession, the, hard, the toughest thing to go through during a recession for the people is unemployment. Right? That's the hardest thing. They have to figure out what it is that they're going to do to make their bills. The other thing that is very difficult to deal with during a recession is bailing out the corporations because the taxpayers absolutely hate it. They hate bailing out corporations during the recession and they have like huge political, you know, headaches because of it. So here we are in the middle of a pandemic. Everybody's focused in on the news. Everybody thinks they're going to die. And the unusual and exigent circumstances gives the Federal Reserve and the Treasury the ability to bail out the corporations through something called a special purpose vehicle. And now this is something that I've talked about many times, these special purpose vehicles. And the reason why I bring it up is because hardly anybody talks about it. And this is the reason why we had a bailout of the corporations already. They are already sitting on the cash that they need in order to survive. The ones who didn't are the ones who weren't viable corporations anyway, and they're going to fail through this bankruptcy. But the ones who were viable corporations to begin with, they're sitting on cash right now waiting to go through what we're going to consider this recession or this downturn in the economic behavior of everybody out there as they take out less loans because of the higher interest rates. But when we think about these special purpose vehicles and what happened, we had interest rates drop to zero. 
Right? The Federal Reserve was going into massive quantitative easing where they were buying up mortgage-backed securities and treasury bonds. And now mortgage-backed securities and treasury bonds, these are basically loans. It's loans to housing market and it's loan to the government. And when you have the Federal Reserve loaning out, it's basically zero, right? Zero money. It didn't cost anything to borrow money. The cost of money was essentially nothing for a lot of people out there. And when you have money at the cost of zero, asset prices start going through the roof. It's exactly what the Federal Reserve was looking for. They were trying to get these assets to go up in price so that people would have this wealth effect upon them. Once you have the asset prices go up, you look at your portfolio, you're like, holy moly, look at this. I went up, you know, a million dollars on my portfolio. It gives you that ability to go out there and spend money freely because you're not so worried about it mentally. You didn't pull any money out. You just mentally think that you're doing better. And so therefore you go out there and you start spending that money. It's a wealth effect that starts taking place. And the Federal Reserve is very well aware of this thing. And so if they can get the asset prices to move up, they can get the economy to start rolling just simply by the asset prices moving up. You get the stock market to go up. You get the housing market to go up. You don't even have to have a sell-off. Like I said, it's just the just the mental attitude of people once they see their portfolio as swelled gives them that, that encouragement to go out there and start spending that money. And then on top of that, what you also have is the Federal Reserve who set up the special purpose vehicle to bail out corporations. Now, this is very interesting to think about because when the Federal Reserve set up the special purpose vehicle along with the Treasury, to, it's an entity that's separated away from them. It's like, it's, it, it's an entity that would never exist during any other time unless there was this pandemic that was occurring. So you think about it. If, that, if the pandemic didn't occur, the corporations right now would not be sitting in the positions that they are. Okay. So we needed this pandemic. We didn't need it. They they used this pandemic. Right? I, I don't know how else. They used this pandemic to get a bunch of funding to the corporations, to the viable ones. And now this is exactly how they did it. When they dropped those interest rates to zero, it really left a big gap out there for fixed income investors. Treasury bonds are by far the safest investment that you could possibly buy. Guaranteed return, zero chance of default. And when the yields on those things, the return that the investor gets drops to almost zero, it doesn't give a whole lot of places for investors to start putting their money in a safe return. And so they start going up on the risk ladder and that's when they start moving into corporate debt. The more they move into corporate debt, the higher the price on the corporate debt goes and the lower the yield is. And so what ends up happening is, is that these corporations are able to borrow incredibly cheap during this time of this establishment of a special purpose vehicle because the Federal Reserve said that they were going to be buying corporate debt. Once they put out that perception out there to the markets that they were going to be buying this corporate debt, everybody started running the started front running the Federal Reserve. They bought up this corporate debt. The corporations loaded up on cash. The ones who are viable still sit on the cash today so that they're ready to go through the next recession, that they are able to continue to make their payments. Right. The ones who can't do it, the, the zombie corporations are getting their heads knocked off right now. And you can totally see it taking place when you look at all the, un, the rise of layoffs that are happening. Now, how far into the future are we going to have to go before we start seeing the unemployment rise? But that is going to be the key ticket right there is the unemployment rising. It's not a matter of how many layoffs you have. I don't care how high the interest rates go. I don't care about anything else out there. Right? It doesn't really matter. People tell me all the time. It was just like, you're, you're so you're so lame, man. You, you don't even realize how there's going to be a huge housing market crash along with rents and everything else. We're going into this major downturn. No, we're not. 
No, we're not. The only way that's going to happen is if we have a sovereign and corporate debt crisis, like a global sovereign corporate debt crisis. And I guarantee you, if that has taken place, you're going to care less about where housing prices are. You're going to be more concerned about what are you going to do about surviving the next day, right? So, I mean, I'm not worried about a housing market crisis, right? The housing market crisis is zero concern of mine. What I am concerned about is a global sovereign corporate debt crisis that is possibly going to occur. And if that does happen, it's going to make a housing market crisis seem like a little nothing. It's going to seem like nothing compared to what would what would a global crisis like that would look like. And that's what I'm trying to, to get to people to try and understand here. What The position that we are in does not allow us to have a pullback. Like everybody says, we're going to pull back and we're going to buy houses so cheap. No, you're not. You know what the environment's going to look like if that is? You're not going to be able to do anything. You're going to be more worried about fighting over a can of beans than you're going to be worried about buying a house. I guarantee you that. So don't wish for it. Right? I mean, take it from somebody who studies this stuff every single day. If there was one concern, one concern about a, about a financial crisis, it's a global financial corporate sovereign debt crisis. It, it's not a housing market crisis. I mean, if you're focused in on the housing market crisis, that's cool, but you're going to, you're going to see a small piece of what's going to be a much, much, much bigger problem. If that's the only thing you're focused in on. Uneducated economists, you guys let me know. These heated jackets are awesome.